Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hello, what's going on everybody? Zach Rosenblatt here with Mike K. The latest episode of the No Huddle Show. You sound so enthused. Man. <laughs> I'm tired, man. And I've had a weird stomach pain, I told uh, you. Yeah, you did. <laughs> uh, it was a light day training camp today. Uh, I guess it's probably been almost a week since we did another episode, but there's been a decent amount happening. But today, uh, the most relevant thing that happened is they played Grateful Dead for the first 30 minutes of practice. It was like an entire Grateful Dead playlist. And there was like a funny moment where Deshaun... Uh, like walked over to the music guy. He's like, "All right, that's enough." Because <laughs> yeah. he wanted something more bumping. And I guess Malcolm Jenkins is trying to expand his uh, musical repertoire, and he's he's the reason why they had Grateful Dead playing. We I was talking with the Ruben Frank and I think Jeff McLean, and we we kind of were guessing it was Corey Unlin because that's kind of his his vibe. But I guess Malcolm Jenkins trying to expand it. So I don't know if the rest of the team was feeling because that's not. It's obviously great music, but it's not like hyped practice music. <laughs> don't bury the lead. Before that. Jackson and uh, Doug Peterson got into a playful banter before. Did they? I didn't even yeah, see that. that. A, yeah, so. Like about were, the music? Yeah, they were going back and forth. And a reporter, I forgot, who asked me, hey, I think Doug and Deshaun just got, I think it's in good spirits, but I think they just got into a really bad argument. Well, are you saying they, they got into a fight? Is that what we're yeah. saying? Well, they it was, somebody, fought it each was other? somebody who would have <laughs> really enjoyed hyping that up. But, <laughs> yes, he, uh, now that I recall. But, um, yeah, so Jackson went across the field after a, kickoff um, return drill and playfully talked to his assistant. It was a very weird conversation. And then at one point, Doug Peterson called his assistant over and you could hear his assistant say, do you want me to switch it back? And then it never switched back. So I guess Deshaun won the day. <laughs> in, in theory, that's the lesson learned. It was like, so I, I guess it's the captains that, I don't even, maybe that's a story down the line. I'm sure somebody's written about who like picks the playlist. Because it's like, Especially this offseason, it's been like the most random collection of their days versus the usual hip hop and stuff. But then there'll be all country music. Um, there'll be like how there's like house music one day, which like the techno and all the yeah. beats dropping and stuff. I'm like, what, am I in Vegas right now? Like, it's just like, I don't know. It, they literally much pass it around the locker room and then they put the music on. Cause I think Bruce Hector went to an express <laughs> and, and was like, you know what? We've got to have some party music. We need some Avicii. Uh, some rest in peace. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, well, I don't know how did I ruin your, you ruin your thought there. You're like, uh, after that. Uh, you know, something also to take away from from today is that the go, bird, the go Birds Water Ice was <laughs> there today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apple and pear flavored. <laughs> oh, is that what we're it not, actually is? Yeah, we're not we're not sponsored by them. I don't know. Oh, I'm telling yeah, you guys that. Know, yeah. Actually, it's pretty good. But anyway, yeah. Anyway, we need to sponsor us. <laughs> so yeah, that'd be good. We're always about that sponsorship. Uh, 
bacon. All the um, sponsors we have on our show right now. Yeah. So, <laughs> so anyway, Zach, um, what did stick out today is how much injuries piling up have impacted formations and, and depth yeah, defense. Yeah. Yeah. So since we last did a pod, um, Kamukuje Hill suffered a an MCL sprain that's probably going to keep him out for a few games of the regular season. That's kind of big news because he was probably having the best camp of any yeah. player defensively outside of maybe Sidney Jones. Um, he was one of the breakout stars at camp. Yeah, and you know he was the lone constant at linebacker for a while because Nigel Bradham yeah, has been the, the practice. He suffered the injury. He had an awesome uh, PBU at the goal line on Carson Wentz. He's had a few of those. He's picked him off. But yeah, keep going. Yeah. Anyway, so their cat and mouse game has been fun, but. Now, uh, you know, Nathan Gary's got to step up, and he's been one of the first-team nickel linebackers for a while with Nigel Bradham's sideline, but now it seems like Nate Gary's like the next guy up. He's the guy that's taking on probably the bulk of the work. Uh, next to him is Zach Brown, who I have not seen him stand out one bit. This, that's the thing. Like, yes, there's a lot of depth here, but there are certain guys that have... Or, and linebacker? No, 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 no. Oh, you're saying all across uh, the team. Uh, across okay. the team. So I was going to say. Yeah, I'm, across the team. I would say maybe we overestimated the depth they had a linebacker coming yeah, into camp. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. But I think a lot of guys you're projecting. Yeah. And Zach Brown's a guy that's been projected as like a very key starter. He has not proven that he can be that dude yet. Um, he is a veteran. Maybe it's taken a little while to learn different terminologies, whatever. But he and LJ Fort took base snaps opposite uh, Nate Gary today, or next to, I guess you could say. Yeah, Fort was in the in the mic, yeah. which was a little interesting. Well, because well, he's been calling plays in the yeah. second team. And it was him and T.J. Edwards in base on the second team. Yeah, so, I mean, look, guys are going to come up. I mean, Paul yeah. Rolo's sideline, Nigel Bradham's sideline, Camus Grugier Hill. But remember, this is also a unit where they were going to flip-flop and mix-match personnel, which could help them. Moving forward, another guy that was out of practice today was Sheldon Gibson, who suffered an ankle injury during the Sunday practice. Uh, Joe Osman, a guy who suffered a knee injury during the Sunday practice. Both those guys are going to be worth monitoring. It seems like they're both fighting for jobs, but if those turn out to be major injuries, we could be seeing the end of both their tenures, or they could be on IR. Um, I feel like... Safe bet to say Gibson probably isn't going to play for the Eagles in the regular season ever again. Yeah. Uh, Osman was really making a case for himself. We would have had, they needed to see it in games. That one was tough. But you saw when he went down, he got carted off the field, and, and probably 10 to 15 teammates came up to shake his hand, including Carson Wentz. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, this is a good group of guys that all seem to respect each other, so that's going to happen when a guy suffers a serious injury. But the fact that this is a walk-on dude from Central Michigan getting that kind of love says a lot about what everybody feels about him. Um, but, yeah, like Zach Brown, like, if not for – Kamu getting injured probably saved his job, honestly. I'm, yeah, probably. I've been I saying it, he was kind of an under-radar guy that could get cut. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe it wouldn't happen before the end of the preseason or anything, but – at the very least, he's going to get a chance to snag one of those two starting spots, or the starting spot next to Bradham whenever he gets back. We don't even we haven't really heard any updates about him actually. Yeah, it's um, been kind of a slow burn. Yeah, same with Cox, but I don't think they're very worried about Cox. It sounds like, but um, so there's positive news though from an injury front. Uh, Rodney McLeod and Corey Clement were yeah, both in team, team drills, drills today, which I think is something that's definitely notable because Clement is a guy who is their most proficient pass catcher out of the backfield. Not that that's really saying much. Outside of maybe Darren Sproles. Yeah. So, um, and then, McLeod's the more important one to be back yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and they've taken their time with him, and I think they've done right by him, and they both look 
pretty good today. Yeah. McLeod, you can tell, is still like getting his druthers, but yeah, they. I guess they, he doesn't play in the first couple preseason games. Maybe I know that he's talked about wanting to play in the third one, but I imagine they go pretty light preseason, especially for, for most of those veteran guys. That's kind of across the NFL now. Um, We'll get in a little bit about the preseason game on Thursday, but um, I want to do a little stock up, stock down, because we've had 10 practices at training camp. There's been a lot of developments. Uh, and yeah, I mean, let's, we've talked a lot about the same guys, and I feel like we'll probably both have a similar feeling about who's up, who's down. But we'll start with one who's been the talk of the team the last couple of days in particular. I'd say Miles Sanders is a stock up era. Um, I know you. I mean, you were high on him during the pre-draft process. I think we, you, you and I were talking earlier, and even he's even exceeded your expectations. I, I still think, like all these, all these Lashawn McCoy comparisons, people need to pump the brakes a little bit this early. He still has a long way to go in terms of catching the ball. He had a bad drop today, pass protection, ball security's been fine, but hasn't really been full contact. So, but I, I started training camp thinking people were being overzealous with him, and now I'm starting to become overzealous with him because he he just has a different gear than these other guys. He's really fun to watch. Like they haven't had a running back like him since probably McCoy. Like, yeah, he's um, he's definitely on a different wavelength than everybody yeah, else. I I, see it. I still think Jordan Howard's a starter I agree. to start the season, I, I, but we've seen a lot less of him. Like you know what it's I mean? Like, it's like all the goal line and stuff like that. But yeah, he, I mean it's him and Sanders are the first team guys. Clearly, like the other guys have all been second team. Right. Sproles too. Right. So I think you know I think he's going to be. I think. This year, you're going to see a committee. I think next year, I think that committee is completely just thrown. I don't know if they'd ever go away from committee with Doug Peterson, but it, it'll be the most bell cow they've ever had under Doug. Fair. But, I mean, you look at it, There's if Sproles not, retires and Jordan Howard's not back, and maybe – I mean, it's not the hard to find running backs. It's not, but I, I think this kid's going to be really, really good. Um, yeah, I'm not disputing that. Uh, I do think they'll still – I mean, there will be a third down guy, but I think he's going to be a bell. There's never been an actual bell cow in this running back system uh, under Doug Peterson. Yeah. Um, my up guy would definitely be Sidney Jones. I think Sidney Jones has really played very well. Um, he's had at least three interceptions that I can recall. He's broken up a plethora of passes. He's a guy that I think is what is playing like what they thought they got when they drafted him in the second round a few years ago that said he's got to continue to stay healthy. They've got him playing nickel a lot, which is an interesting situation, but you know, that could switch off once Ronald Darby's back. It could be that they want to just cross train him because they know Maddox can already play nickel. Um, and also if, you know, there's an issue with the free safety position at some point, Maddox could find his way back there and then they'll need a new nickel guy with Craven LeBlanc injured. Um, He's battling Rasul Douglas for an outside position. This is going to be really interesting because I think if Rasul Douglas loses the competition, you probably are in a situation where, you know, you've got a tradable asset. I'd be very interested to see how they handle that towards the trade deadline. Well, the health of the quarterbacks. Yeah, it would be closer to week six. Right, yeah. I don't think you're trading him. I I think if you're – Because most likely both of them are going to be playing a lot week one. Right, I think if you're thinking about trading him during training camp, you're out of your mind. But Unless it's like an offer that blows right, away, yeah. Right, which I don't think we're going to get. Well, and so I think Razul and him kind of going, because Razul's also had a great training camp. Yes, he has. And like if the season were starting tomorrow, I still think Razul would start over Sidney Jones. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think, 
he has more of the experience at this point, actually. Yeah, and I think, you know, while Sydney's made the splashier plays, Rasul's been extremely consistent. Like, he has done a pretty good job of shutting his side of the field down. He's had some great battles with Alshon Jeffrey. I think the only guy he struggled against is Deshaun Jackson, but everybody and their mother has just, you know, <laughs> struggled. Um, Avante's been the one who's done the best against Deshaun, by the way. Well... Yeah, I mean, from a speed standpoint, I would... Especially in those red zone drills, he tends to just stop him. Yeah, he's also had his moments, too, where Deshaun's just... Yeah, Deshaun yeah. I mean, that just kind of happened, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we, we don't need to... You can just assume that Deshaun's in stock up. I don't yeah, think we yeah. talk too much about I, him again. Yeah, yeah I don't... Cons- like, guys that you know are going to be, like, important to the team, I typically don't... Yeah, because their stock's already high. Yeah, you already yeah. know what they can yeah. do. Like, when everybody's talking about how great... Uh, you know, somebody like Carson Wentz is doing, well, I mean, that's expected. He can only get stocked down pretty much right, in, in exactly. practice. Yeah, it's unfair. So let's do a couple stock downs. So the first one, I got Stefan Wisniewski. Um, it's, not like, it's not like you and I were very high in him to begin with, um, but he's been, like, really bad. They, they basically moved him out of center because he had so many bad snaps. He's had, like, almost every practice when he plays center. So today Jason Kelsey rested and Sayamalo came in at center, which they did last week. Um like, the, the Eagles have a lot of these undrafted guys. Some of them, they gave them pretty good bonuses. If, like, Nate Herbig or Sua Opeta, like, outplays Wisniewski in the preseason, it's not outlandish to think they cut him. Yeah, I don't think it's outlandish at all. As a matter of fact, it's leaning towards probable, in yeah. my opinion. And, and if, we, if it was right now, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he has not played particularly well. He hasn't snapped the ball well, as you said. I told you guys, this was the problem in Jacksonville. I probably yeah. mentioned it several times. Uh, That's why the idea that like just because someone has experience doesn't mean it's good experience. <laughs> the only way it makes sense to keep him is if you're saying, hey, we're going to do a special situation where Dillard's the backup left tackle, Wisniewski's the backup left guard and center, because Isaac Samal can move over to center if they need him to. And then, you know, Big V is backing up right guard and right tackle, which is very unusual in the NFL, but since they only want to keep Dillard at left tackle, maybe that's what you do, but... I don't know, man. He, they've had Keegan Render looking more consistent than him. Yeah. I, it's just, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not, not every team keeps a backup like center necessarily. You can move yeah. a guy over or whatever, but for sure, it's it's been tough for him. Who's a stock down guy? You got? Hmm. It's all. It's kind of the same. Chunk he took my guy. Yeah. <laughs> I was that uh, how you were gonna go? Yeah, I was. Uh, Clayton Thorson. Clayton. Yeah. Clayton Thorson's been. He, terrible. He's probably the number one obvious one. Yeah, he's it, been it, terrible. It, as somebody, because Jimmy did his uh, like media poll thing where he interviews all of us. Oh, not interviews. Ask us for a stock up, stock down guy. Mm-hmm. And I think his comment on Thorson was like, "If you're a fifth round pick who has stock down, that's not a good sign. Yeah, like, you're coming in as a fifth round pick already." Yeah, I mean he he's had a rough yeah. rough camp. Like, and we've we've talked about it on the podcast before, but. I, I don't. I actually think we're underselling how terrible he's been. Yeah, I know that's crazy, but like, he has put. To, he had one good practice, and even that, he was limited to like six throws. So, look, I'm all for developing guys and taking and being patient, and I think that's what they're going to end up doing. But at some point, you have to see some return on yeah, potential. That starts like, Thursday. Yeah, I mean, this preseason is going to be. Very it's going to define his career pretty much. Uh, they offer popcorn in the Eagles press box, <laughs> do, and right. I will be only chowing. I you you're going to you might, you might choke on a piece and you see him throw it terribly. Though, so be careful. Look, I promise you, podcasters, podcast listeners, 
Zach's going to keep track of it. I'm only going to chew popcorn during the preseason. When why, why are you just uh, assigning me to keep track of this? I have other stuff to do. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> just We have to post stuff right at the end of the game. It's true. We do. <laughs> Shout-outs to uh, our editor. Anyway, um, yeah, Clayton's been terrible. Like, like, really. Like, real talk, like, terrible. There's no oh, way. I blacked out for the last 30 seconds. Has he been good? No. no <laughs> okay. He is not. Like, he is, like, the... Um, he what is, analogy you trying to make here? <laughs> he is the specter of, of of James Bond movies to me. Uh, he uh, is. Uh, you could have done better. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Die another day. Yeah. Sure. That's terrible. <laughs> uh, they're all. I mean, whatever. But you're saying he's bad. We get it. <laughs> he's the Jurassic World two of Jurassic Worlds. Um, but there's no Indiana Jones trope, so I don't really oh, appreciate him either. <laughs> Clayton. So here's here's the thing that's interesting to me. Do you think? Or to you, do you think that Cody Kessler can make this week one roster? Do you think it's possible? Because I will give you a scenario afterwards where I don't. I, yeah, I think it's possible. I, I still lean towards it not happening. I'd almost could see them just going with two quarterbacks and having Clayton Thorson be a phantom IR or something like that. Uh, but, you know, with Carson Wentz's health, you kind of want – a veteran quarterback in the room that knows the offense, maybe. I don't know. I, the, the only scenario I really see is if they really do cut force and then, then he has a shot, obviously. But I would lean towards Kessler not making the team. So there's a scenario where he makes it and where they there, – there's positives for him making it and positives that are not. He has not – he doesn't have four years of accredited NFL experience, so his contract would not be guaranteed in week one. So it might be worth – keeping him. That's the one thing that's benefiting him. The thing that I think will end up happening is he knows the offense. What they may say is, you know what? Like, let's see how the injury goes. If you get a better offer, sign it. If we have an injury or we feel like we need to restock the position, we'll bring you back. Or, hey, you know, we've got cornerback deficiency week one, but we know Ronald Darby's going to be back in week two. We'll bring you back. I just don't see how he's making this roster for week one. I do think he will be on this roster at some point this season okay. if they do cut him. If they cut Thorson, you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, if they have Thorson on this roster, I mean, when you're already probably... I mean, we have to give him a chance to play in the preseason. Right, but, right, but I think if he struggles the way he has struggled in camp... And you're already probably keeping Melata and Pryor as developmental players. You're looking at three developmental players that have shown... Hogging three of the inactive roster spots. Right, when you have all of these temporary injuries. Because yeah. you remember, Camus going to be So inactive. you're going to have Camus and Craven LeBlanc on inactive. Right. Unless one of them goes on IR. I so guess. you're already playing with 51 spots. You yeah. know what I mean? So it, it, it's one of those things where... So it's going to be interesting to see how, how he kind of balances that when, when he makes the initial roster decisions. Like Josh Perkins made the team initially last year because... Rodgers, it turned out, was hurt. Yeah, so, yeah, I'll give you another stock down guy that I that I think we're not talking about, like, enough is um, Jordan Melotta. Jordan uh, Melotta. That's what I was going to say. Because oh, okay, you were talking about developmental guys. Yeah. He's been bad. Um, but they kind of knew, like... Right. The, the reason why it seems like he's been bad is because the hype train went crazy last year when you had like three national guys saying he's the next Jason Peters or whatever. Yeah. Like it was it was excessive. Like Mike Rowe and Jenny's like, you know, he 
you, you take anything you can see from him, like development-wise. If, if there's a little thing of development you see in practice, then it's a good thing because he just started playing football last year. Doug said the same thing. Like we we have to remember to be patient with him because he just like football just came into his life a uh, little over a year, like a year and a half ago. So the expectation that he's going to be ready to play on Sundays this season is probably still unrealistic. And I just based on the way the coaches have been talking, I still get the sense that they're going to, they want to develop him and give him a chance at least. But if he goes out there in the preseason and he's letting dudes go by him and quarterbacks are getting hurt because he's really bad, like maybe you try and see if you can get him to through the practice squad. I mean, it, to your point, I've had several players tell me, hey, I want to get 1% better each day. Well, their 1% after playing football for 20 years is different than, you know, a guy who's been playing it for two years. So I think to that to that extent, that's really fair. Um, another guy we didn't bring up uh, that actually did happen, somewhat notable news because of his name, Jonathan Cyprian. Mm-hmm. Um, he's looked pretty good in the three practices that we've seen thus far. Um I think they're going to use him more as a hybrid. Yeah, as a hybrid player. I think he's a guy that's kind of contesting LJ Ford in that, like, hey, he's going to play a lot of special teams. He could play dime linebacker sort of thing. You know what I mean? So I, I think, um, I think it's an interesting signing. I mean, if he works out, he works out. If he doesn't, he doesn't. It just seems like kind of a flyer that needed to happen only because you want to continue to evolve as a defense and you want to find ways to have you know, enough insurance on defense. Like we talk about it all the time. Nobody can do what Malcolm Jenkins, Malcolm Jenkins does as far as move to linebacker and play nickel and do all that stuff. Cyprian can't play nickel. He can't play free safety, but he can do two of the jobs that, that, uh, that Jenkins plays, which in turn kind of highlights how impressive Jenkins is. So I think Cyprian's an interesting addition. He made a play during the, the Sunday scrimmage where he forced a fumble on Josh Adams and, Covered the ball. Uh, he's they, gonna, they, they credit him as Godwin Igubuki. Yeah, I know. I was, I was like so confused. I'm like, I was sitting, sworn. Uh, I was sitting on the complete opposite end of the because I was being antisocial, and I was thinking to myself, "Wait, yeah, I, yeah." It was very else weird. Say, "Wait, he got cut." Yeah, it was. It was very interesting, <laughs> um, but yeah. And so, just to, to give a, some love to a couple like training camp guys who. Still odd stacked against them making the roster. I'd say stock up for our Greg Ward and Carlton Agadosi. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Ward obviously is in his third training camp, so it kind of makes sense that he like knows what's going on. He played in the AF. We've talked about him a little bit. I still, it still seems unlikely he makes the team because I'm just not sh- sure what kind of role he would actually play here, unless like receivers or M- Mac Holland's still hurt or they trade Aguilar or something like that. But he's he's been really good. They target him as much as anybody, especially the second team. Uh, Agadosi has more been out of nowhere. He's six foot six, and he like you. You, you and I had talked about court. You just have to throw the ball in the right spot. Mm-hmm. And it seems like they figured out where to throw it with him, and he tends to come down with it. Still don't know if he can do anything but those red zone or sideline plays. But if he's a niche player like that, like that's still a unique weapon to have. He's he's intrigued me quite a bit actually. Yeah, he is intriguing, I, uh, and, and to that extent, uh, or, or to to the in that same token, Josh Hawkins cornerback who has struggled against Deshaun Jackson but everybody has but he seems to make a play like every single practice um and then I'd say the other guy that I think has started to kind of mount some momentum is Alex Singleton I think he's looked good as a blitzer 
Um, I really need to see him in games before I'm like, oh my gosh, maybe he's got. That's a the thing with a few of these, guys. like especially those receivers I just mentioned. Like yeah. them getting a lot of catches in practice is great. And that, part of Godosi was famous for that at Rutgers. Right, he was really good in practice, and they never got him the ball in game. So he's especially one I'm I'm gonna kind of curious to watch on Thursday. It, it's a shame because Osman really was building. Yeah, Osman. I mean, he he, he was gonna be a guy like. They, I mean, they've been going out of their way to hype him up. Oh, yeah. Even Howie. Like, Howie doesn't talk about bottom of the roster, guys. Like, that said something. I don't know why they were doing that, but they were doing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's that. And we can we can do one more stock down. And then, uh, so I would say stock down just because of the level of hype he was getting after the minicamp would be J.J.R. Siegel-Whiteside. He's kind of been – he's had a few good plays in the red zone and stuff, but generally kind of just been not in the mix. Yeah, the past He's had some drops. Things. Uh, him and Carson still have to get on the same page. The ceiling is high, but maybe we overestimated like what role he's going to play as a rookie. Yeah, I'll go with the other another rookie in Shreve Miller. Yeah. Who uh, he had a he had a nice practice on. Yeah, he had like a sack the other day. Uh, was it Saturday? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had a nice practice on Saturday. He had two sacks, I think. Um, one that ended practice. I think that was the one that we're both talking about. But um. He's a guy I'd like to see more out of. He's about to play. He's a lifelong Eagles fan. He's about to play his first game as an Eagle. So I'm interested to see. This Titans game is going to be really interesting because I do think, even more so than normal, this is going to be a very depth-driven game. You know, yeah, maybe Carson gets a gets a series or two, but I'm expecting a lot of Nate Sudfeld, a lot of Clayton Thorson, maybe some Cody Kessler, a lot of backup linebackers because you don't want to risk any injuries. Yes. All right, before we go, Couple questions for you. I'm just kind of curious how like your thoughts have changed and looking ahead a little bit. But first question I have is: uh, is who on this roster, like when you entered training camp, you thought for sure was going to make the team, or that you thought was going to make the team that now you're like he's probably not going to? And then the flip side of that also, like a guy you didn't think was going to make the team, and now you're like maybe he makes the 53. Paul Worlow was the guy that I was almost convinced would make the team. Yeah. Uh, just you be, need to be on the field. Yeah. yeah, you need to be on the field. I think he's definitely talented enough to be on the team. Um, I think he's probably the best fit for Sam Linebacker if Nigel Brown plays middle this year. Um, but we need to see him on the field. And I, I think, you know, they haven't rushed to put him on IR. They haven't rushed to wave injure him. Like, they haven't done anything to kind of suggest that, you know, we're ready they, to move on. They still on. have hopes for him, at least. Right. And if you're going to do that, you clearly want him on the roster. So they're going to give him some chances to make this roster. He's a guy that, even if with those chances, it's still kind of hard to kind of comprehend. Like, he's missed most of training camp. He missed pretty much all of OTAs. Like, he's coming off a major need. It, it's tough. Uh, but he's a guy that I think both of us are probably hoping to see a lot out of. Um, and then a guy that... I didn't think he had a shot, but is going to make the run. Nate Gary. Nate Gary has had a really strong camp from a from from a just a opportunity perspective. Yeah, and just knowing where he has to be or whatever. Yeah, because that the coach is always raving about his IQ. And then just looking ahead to the preseason game, I know we've talked a lot about some of the guys, but who's who's a guy you're really looking forward to watching on Thursday? It was Joe Osment. I yeah. yeah, I hadn't circled. Um, I mean, it's kind of like. Like, Clayton Thorson is going to be like you and I are fans of How Did This Get Made podcast. It's like a, a, a good, bad movie, you know? You're like, we're, we're, I'm looking forward to watching Clayton Thorson. You just came up with our post-game podcast. It's literally going to be all Clayton Thorson. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. How Did This Get Thrown? 
Ooh, I like that. <laughs> and just point to one bad thing. That should be that. a segment moving forward. Um, <laughs> how did this idea even happen? So we can get, like, diagnosed to play. Anyway, um, I like that. So there's three guys that I, I, I've, in my brain, I really want to see. I want to see how Nate Herbig does at center, because I want to see if they can challenge Stefan Wisniewski at center. Um, Carlton Agudosi is another guy that I think we really need to see. And then Miles Sanders. Like, come on. Like, that's the... Come on. I'm, I'm, we haven't talked about him yet. I'm, I'm excited to watch Josh Sweat. Because, mm-hmm. you know, there's been a lot of talk about how good he's been in camp and stuff. When you're going against my lot of... I mean, he's been b- battled with Dillard. It's been a good battle. But I'm curious mm-hmm. to see him against a veteran. Because we'll probably get some reps against the other team's first and second team. Yeah, for sure. Because I don't know how much they're going to play like Vinnie Curry. Yeah. Brandon Graham probably will barely play. Um, so Josh Sweat, I'm curious about. Um, I'm trying to think. If there's any other? De- I'm curious. Give me to two see, others. Give me two. Uh, T.J. Edwards, because you know it's, he hasn't stood out yet, but I think they do have high. He, he there's a job to be won in the linebacker room. I so, spoke to him. And he's, he's pretty confident. Yeah, I mean he's smart. Like he he was one of the more highly regarded undrafted free agents, and I guess since you did all offense, I'll do all defense. Uh, my third one will be Sidney Jones. Actually, and I want to see if he can do this in games because we. He, he looked pretty good in training camp last year, too. Number one, he's got to stay healthy. That's nothing you can really control about that. So if he can come out and however long he's in there, I imagine he'll play a decent amount at least because they probably want to see what he has. But, sure, you got to test him. Yeah. They played the Titans, by the way, because I don't think their opponent really matters in the preseason. But it doesn't. Um, except for the Ravens week because they're doing the whole practice. Right. Week. That'll be interesting. And you look at, like, the connections to the roster, it's Cyprian pretty much. Yeah, you know yeah, what true. I mean? So, like... You don't really... Teron Davenport on the other end. Yeah, Teron, yeah, that's who we're excited. That's who I want to see in the preseason. <laughs> I've already text messaged him. It's going to be a good time. He's killing it over there. Just killing it. He's the the, the most dressed man in Philly when he was here. Now he's in he yeah. his talents in Nashville. Yeah, we've been lacking style ever since. Yeah, nobody can wear a bow tie like that man. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing Elliot I hope he listens to this. Yeah. That'd be funny. Um, <laughs> hey, we gave, a sh- gave him a shout out. Uh... My last thought, though, as we as we close out this week of practice, I understand the angst that comes with injuries. But we have said literally for months, this is one of the deepest rosters in the NFL, and this team will go as far as Carson Wentz goes. And neither of those things have changed. So if you're panicking over Camus Grugier Hill and Craven LeBlanc, Th- those are back. Oh, not backups, but the, it, they're role players. Yeah, role players. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you're not. And there was no. What I would be concerned about is we do we want to eventually see some updates about Fletcher Cox and Ronald Darby yeah. and and Nigel Bradham. I mean, we've kind of just kind of taken that for granted that they're yeah. out there and if, they're going to be back. If it gets closer to the season, then you could start worrying about those guys probably. But. Yeah, but we're like a month away, yeah. so everybody, it, there's time. Relax, relax. <laughs> it's what Zach has to tell me via text message at least four <laughs> times a day. <laughs> um, all right, so we'll end on that note. We'll get you guys a post game pod on Thursday. Uh, and then we'll get you some more pods next week. We're about to get into games. I'm excited. I can only get so much practice with that where before we start going a little crazy. <laughs> but we'll end on that note. Uh, go enjoy your Grateful Dead playlist and uh, have a great night.